Thanks for joining us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Take a second and send your story to amen at citychurchfl.org. And if you'd like to partner with this ministry financially, you can do that by going to citychurchfl.org give and select the giving option that works best for you. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. And I've entitled this message this morning, Find Freedom. Find Freedom. Everybody say, Find Freedom. Cool. Hey, let's pray. And before we do, though, if you don't know, today is Small Group Sunday. And if you are leading a small group this semester, would you stand to your feet right now? Cool. Yeah. Give me a hand. I got to tell you, now stay standing. I'm going to pray for you. All right. I want to pray for you. Um, I want to tell you so much as one of our pastors. Thank you. Thank you. It, you, it would have been so easy to say no. You wrestled with, oh my gosh, another thing. I got to figure out childcare. I got to figure out this. I'm going to have to buy cookies. I'm going to, whatever the things are that you had to figure out. And I just want to say thank you so, so much. And uh, because of you guys, our church has an opportunity to have spiritual conversations that wouldn't have been so easy without that. So I really, I want to pray for you because uh, today we're starting your small group. And I, I'm asking that God would do a supernatural work in your, in your, your life. Can I do that? Can we pray? Can we all pray together? Father, thank you so much for these amazing small group leaders that said yes to opening up their homes, their coffee shops, wherever they're going to go and whatever they're going to do. God, we are asking that it would be more than just a collaboration of people, but God, it would be a journey. It would be a spiritual journey that people will grow in you. And Lord, I pray blessing over every single one of the times that they meet together, that there would be encouragement and comfort and that people will grow and the relationship with you and others. In Jesus' name. And somebody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you guys, but I love to see and hear and feel an overcoming story, right? There's nothing like the underdog that breaks in and breaks out and breaks free, or, or the outcast that wasn't able to quite make it, but by the end of the movie, right, they start to shift, the scene starts to shift. And, you know, movie directors know that we love these types of movies because they have been producing them in our theaters for decades upon decades upon decades. And so I got with my creative team, and uh, well, I want to give you just a few today, and I'm going to start with a classic here, my man... Anybody know who this is? Rocky Balboa, right? This is the original. Let me ask you, how many of y'all saw this in the theater? Come on, come on, there you go. You're like, I don't know, is that aging me too much? No, 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 it's awesome. Okay, you saw it in the theater. Were you amped? Right, and this is like the most classic to me, right? Rocky Balboa, he's, he's not supposed to make it. Everybody tells him he can't. Yet he gets this shot at the title, and you remember he's walking up those steps, you know? Oh, man, it's so incredible, right? We love this. I just thought, man, you just got to kind of, you know, <laughs> right? Looks just like me, right, darling? It was just close. Okay, here we go. Next one. Okay, uh, I, I have the unique uh, privilege as a father to watch lots and lots of movies like this. This, if you don't know, I can tell you a lot about him, but this is, this is Poe, and Poe is, is uh, this is a movie, Kung Fu Panda, right? And Poe is a wannabe ninja warrior, right? If you know the story, right? So he, he wants to make it, and everybody tells him he can't because he's a panda, right? And so, but you know what happens, right? He breaks out, breaks free, breaks loose, he overcomes, and he gets the, you know, I don't know, <laughs> as good as it gets right there. All right, okay, 
So there you go. Next one. Anybody know what this is? Yeah, Super Bowl's next week. I just figured I would throw this in here, but remember the Titans. Is this not one of the best movies on the planet, right? I mean, ah, it's so great. And if you don't know, if you haven't watched it, you may not be an American citizen. I think you actually have to, like, watch, you actually have to watch that as part of uh, being in our culture. But, but uh, if you haven't seen it, here, here it is. And uh, th- this is Denzel Washington here, and I don't know his name, by the way, but he's, he's the other guy. And, uh, and so if you don't know, the narrative is around these, th- this uh, segregation was happening in our land, and uh, this, this team got together. They broke down the racial barriers. Blacks and whites are together. Everybody says it can't work. It won't work, blah, blah, blah. They break out, break free, overcome, right? And if you know that there's two stories in this I just love, if you remember the movie, right? At some point, Denzel, he talks to the team and he's like, you're standing on hollow ground, right? He's like, Give it, the, the movie's starting to turn, you know? And he's like, and we're going to make it. And then there's this other part where uh, one of them and the other, they start going strong side like the weak side, or I don't even know what the other one was, right? And they're going back and forth, and I don't know about you dudes, but I'm like, yes. You know, I'm like, I watch that movie, and I go look in the mirror, and I thought I was 20 pounds buffer, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wow, I still look like this. And uh, right, so we just love breakout, break free, find freedom type movies, right? You know, God has a lot to say in his Bible about freedom. Did you know that? Like a lot to say about freedom. Let me say it even like this. God has a lot to say about spiritual freedom. Let me say it again. God has a lot to say about your spiritual freedom. Let me say it even deeper. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. And, uh, you know, there's no way in the next 30 minutes here that I'm able to do an exhaustive study on how to completely be free in God. But what I want to do is I want to take the next few minutes here and build a biblical foundation that you can stand on and let you know that throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Gospels, and throughout the New Testament, God has a desire for you to find freedom. And I want to prove it to you in scripture. So I want to give you three statements about your spiritual freedom. Here's here's statement number one. You ready? As Christians, we are free, but still need freedom. Now you may disagree with me and that's okay. I'm glad you're here and I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. All right. As Christians, we are free, but still need freedom. Now, now let me pause and explain. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus as Lord of your life, you are saved. Not by works so that no man can boast. You are saved. You are free, and your eternity is not hell anymore. It is heaven. It is in relationship with him. And let me be clear. If God never did another thing for you, if he never freed you from your finances, if he never freed you from your physical body, if he never freed you in your marriage, if he never freed you in relationships, if he never freed you from anything else but by covering you the penalty of your sin and you entering heaven and having relationship with him, it would be enough for us to spend the rest of our lives thanking him. Am I, am I right? So we are free, but you still need freedom. And I still need freedom. And even before I even get into scripture, deep in your heart, you know I'm right, don't you? 
you know that even though God has set you free, there are still things in your life that you need to find freedom in, right? Now, let me show it to you in scripture. It'll actually help you, I think, in your own heart. Realize that God always knew this would be a thing in your life and in my life, and he's got a plan for it. So here we go, Exodus chapter six. Okay, here's Old Testament. Y'all with me? Cool. I'm gonna talk even if you're not, so here we go. Exodus six, chapter, chapter six, verse six. God calls Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. So Moses conjures up the courage with his sidekick Aaron to go to Pharaoh and he says, hey, let my people go. And Pharaoh in response says, you know what? You want your people to go? I'm gonna double what I've already been asking them to do. So Pharaoh obviously, or Moses obviously goes back to his people and they're mad at him going, hey, why did you go and tell Pharaoh to let us go? You're making it worse on us, right? And so Moses feels horrible about it. And this is where chapter six, verse six comes into play because God brings encouragement to Moses in this moment of difficulty. And listen to me, God reveals his heart for his people and he reveals his heart for you today. Theologians would call this the I wills of God. It's a portion of scripture where God actually says what he wants to do in your life. So we've got to pay a lot of attention to this chapter in the heart of God here, okay? So he says to Moses, he says, you know what? Tell them this. Tell them I'm God. Tell them I'm the Lord. And I'm going to bring you up out from the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Let me explain this just for a second. He says, first of all, right here, he says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. In other words, I'm going to take you out of slavery. But then he goes on to say, I will free you from being slaves to them. Which brings me to my point here. God not only wanted them out of slavery, he also wanted slavery out of them. Now, that's better preaching than you've responded to me, and that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you. God not only wanted them out of slavery, he wanted slavery out of, out of them. Let me make this personal to you. God not only wants you out of slavery, he wants the slavery out of you. In other words, he doesn't just want you into heaven, but he also wants heaven to invade your life, to invade your heart. Do you know that it took the Israelites 40 years to travel what should have taken them 11 days? Isn't that amazing? Why? Let me tell you. There's lots of reasons, but let me, let me tell you within this theme what I would say. It's because God wasn't just concerned about them getting to the promised land. He was concerned about who they were when they got there. I think sometimes we're so focused on promised land moments that we forget the process and the beauty in the process of God wanting to spiritually form your heart and your life. You know, it, it's, it, this even reminds me of our Greek thinking, uh, our American culture. We are so good at compartmentalizing things, right? Like, you know, we, first period is science. Second period is math. Third period is history. Fourth period is, is this. When we, we go to church on Sunday, and that's spiritual. And then, and then we, we deal with finances. And then we deal with our relationships. And can I tell you, even though we may look at our freedom that way, that's not how God sees it. 
God does not see your freedom in a compartmental thinking. He sees your freedom holistically. In other words, it's not just about you getting to heaven and then being good. He wants to free you in every area of your life. It's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus. Isn't it amazing? Amen. Let me, let me give you a New Testament passage. Y'all with me? So that was Old Testament. Now we're past the cross. Now we're looking at the New Testament, and there's, there's some instruction for us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let me ask you a question. Who is he talking to in this letter? Is he talking to Christians or non-Christians? He's talking to Christians. In other words, hey, whoever he's talking to in Hebrews, he says this. He says, you're free, but you still got things that are entangling you. You're free, you're saved, you're going to heaven, but you still got some junk in your life that you don't have to handle or even keep in your life so listen, we can go to heaven and still be broke, but we don't have to. We can, we can be in heaven and still have pain in our bodies, but I believe that God, that his, by his stripes, we are healed. And we believe as a church, you can be healed today from your, not just from your sin, but from your body, from your relationships, that one moment in the presence of God and everything can shift in your life. And so we believe that we don't want you just to simply uh, uh, enter heaven, but it's also about heaven invading your heart and your life right here and right now. But we have things that entangle us. And the truth is, if you look at your spiritual mirror, you know that I'm right. When you search your own heart, you know that there are things that you are struggling with. And every person in here should agree with me, including myself. I am a Christian that is free, and I, Glenn Wolf, need freedom in my life. There are things in my life that I need to make sure that I stay. I don't want to get things entangled in my life. Amen? You're like, for sure, amen. You do need some help, brother. <laughs> and this is why we would say that, that we want you to know God. And if you're new with us or maybe you're checking church out, can I tell you that you can have a relationship with Jesus? The God of the creator wants you to know him. So we want, listen, this is not just what we want. We feel like this is what God wants. He wants you to know him. He wants you to not just know him, but also find freedom. And now that you're saved because of relationship with him, how about we settle our yesterdays and find freedom from our past? And then, not only that, but then we want you to discover your purpose. If you remember in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, he said, I'm going to redeem you. In other words, I'm going to put back on purpose, put you back on purpose your life. And there are areas in your life that God is wanting to redeem. And if you're here today... Growth Track is our way of helping you discover your purpose. Do you know last month we had 35 people graduate Growth Track last month? Isn't that awesome? I'm praying that we double it this month and, or, or next month in February. And it's on the second Sunday. It's at night. You can sign up online. Do not miss it. We're going to have some conversations at the Growth Track that will help you discover why you're on this earth and what God's called you to do. And then lastly, we want to see you make a difference. God has called you to make a difference. You are not just here to collect a paycheck on Friday for the next 45 years and then make it into heaven. You are not just here to simply just raise your kids. 
No, he has called you, he has singled you out. The reason why you're still breathing is because God has a redemptive plan that the enemy doesn't want to have happen. But guess what? He may have some type of power, but he don't have authority. And God is a work that he wants to do in your life. And so this is why we're so passionate about this. This is why we're passionate about you finding freedom, which brings me to point number two. I love this. Jesus came to set us free. Come on. So as Christians, we are free but need freedom. Did you know that Jesus, and I'm about to show you a a, a passage of scripture that if you read this for the first time, it might blow your mind at how Jesus sees his mission on your life. Now let me set it up before we show it, okay? Jesus overcomes death, hell, and the grave. I'm sorry, he doesn't do that yet. Let me back up. We are in sin and Jesus comes onto this planet. And you know what he says? When he gets onto the planet, he spends 40 days in the wilderness and then he is baptized. And after that baptism, his ministry starts. And here's what Jesus declares about his mission on this planet. Check this out. He comes in the synagogue and he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to what? Proclaim what? Come on, one more time. Proclaim what? Okay. For the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed what? Set the oppressed what? Well done. I, I, I think we can, we can see clearly here, we don't have to have a Bible degree to clearly see that Jesus saw his main focus on this earth, that God anointed him to declare the good news that there is freedom for all people. Jesus wants to set us free. And you may be here today and you say, maybe you're just in a rut, right? You're saved, but man, you just kind of bought into, you know, well, it's just always going to be this way. And you know, if I could just get a little bit better, and I guess I'm always going to deal with that. And I'm all, we're always going to be in this financial challenge. And I guess I'm always going to deal with this crutch or God, I've prayed for healing and it didn't happen. No, I, I encourage you today, man, be full of faith and understand what Jesus has done on the cross for you and me. It's amazing to me as a pastor how some people are afraid to pray bold, audacious prayers before God. It's amazing to me when people give up on the things that God wants to free them from just because it didn't work last time or at the last church it wasn't the focus or whatever the excuse might be. I encourage you, don't make excuses because God wants to set you free in every single area of your life. He doesn't just want you just to get to heaven. He also wants heaven to get inside of you. And do you know that in heaven, guess what? There is no sin. There is no oppression. There is no injustice. There is no debt. There is no relational issues or conflict. It's amazing what God has in store for heaven. And you know what Jesus tells us to pray? He says, when you pray, pray that heaven invades earth. Come on, man. Pray that God would do a work in this place. And I encourage you today, man, don't give up on the things of God. He said, I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. There's no part of that that would just say we're supposed to barely get by. Now listen, If he never did another thing for you, he's worthy of all of our praise. But that's not where scripture stops. It doesn't just stop with simply him covering your sin and getting into heaven. He has, it's like the, all of the gospels is an invitation to supernatural life. 
with him. It's an invitation. It's a front door to freedom. I mean, I, you know, there were so many scriptures I, I wanted to put in here, but for the sake of time, I can't. I mean, Jesus says, hey, if your earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, man, your heavenly father thinks the world about you. And you know what? If you ask for it, he will give you his Holy Spirit. If you don't get anything else out of today, I pray you just walk out of here saying, you know, I'm going to pray for more of the Holy Spirit in my life. He's so good. Which, you know, even from that, I I think the next question must be, how did the early church, how did they strategically find freedom? We know it's a journey. We know it's a process. So what did they do? Obviously, Jesus set them free, but how did they walk this thing out? I think that's the big question, which I think we can learn a lot from. So look at this. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 talks about how the early church walked out this freedom. It says, every day they continued to meet together. Did you hear that? They actually met every day. Y'all think that? That'd be kind of crazy, wouldn't it? Uh, Imagine going up to your boss tomorrow. Um, Listen, between 9 and noon, I got to go meet at the church because we're going to meet it together every day. It says it in the book of Acts, right? Uh, That wouldn't fly very well, right? Our American culture collides with this verse, does it not? We are very busy all the time. But they, but listen, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It says they met together every day. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, you may be here going, okay, are you telling me that I am in sin if I don't meet together daily with somebody? No. Let me tell you why. The principle of this is more important than the actual actions of this. The point is this. You need to be in a rhythm and a regular reoccurrence of meeting together with other Christ followers where you are having spiritual conversation that is is bettering your life and bettering them. We call that small groups here at City Church. And isn't this, isn't this passage so countercultural to our American, we're just so busy, right? I, I, for the sake of this message, I call it the, the garage clicker Christianity. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, we drive into our car, we go to our neighborhood, we pull into our neighborhood, we get in front of the garage, and we click the button, and then, bang. We pull into the garage, then we click the button, right? We don't know our neighbors. We, we feel offended if somebody actually knocked on our door and wanted to sell us, unless they are specific cookies, everything else is not okay, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It's just our culture. We're kind of, American culture, we kind of naturally live in fear. We don't like any strangers walking up. Like that is so countercultural to the community that Christ, the Christians walked in. We just have to wrestle with that, right? Which is a challenge for all of us. Which brings me to point in statement number three is this. We need to be retaught. Like there needs to be a reteaching in our hearts about how freedom and growth really happens. Because the truth is that freedom and growth best come in relationships. Now, I'm going to prove it to you with some scripture, but the truth is you already know that, don't you? 
I had somebody after second service, she said, man, brand new to our church. She said, I'm getting in a small group. She goes, I totally agree with you. There's no way you can grow outside of small groups. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying that God can't do a work in your life outside of a small group, but for sure, you're gonna find yourself growing at an exponential rate if you get into, uh, into, into community with other people. Let me prove it to you right now. It's simple. Let's take this sermon, okay? You've sat here. You've listened. This is about a 30 to 35-minute conversation that we're having today, right? You walk out of here. You have two choices. You either join a group or you don't. Let's say you don't join a group, and so you, you wrestle through this message. Maybe, hopefully, you think about this tomorrow. I don't know. And, uh, and so you go on with your day, and before you know it, you forgot everything that we talked about today. You, talked about, we, you forgot about the freedom part. Come on, right? You come next Sunday, and it's a fresh Sunday, and you hear something else. Imagine this week, if you were in community with somebody else, and not, not complicated, you go to Chick-fil-A. All right, let's not even make it, make it hard. You get some guys, girls, whatever. You go to Chick-fil-A. You walk up to the front. You say, I'd like a number six, spicy chicken, no pickle, superfood side diet, lemonade, and some sweet tea, half and half, Arnold Palmer. I've never been there before. I just figured, you know. <laughs> right? Okay, you guys all order your stuff. You all sit down, and it's not complicated. Hey, our value at our church, one of our values is that we pray first. So anybody want to pray? Uh, who wants to pray? Nobody wants to pray? Okay, I'll pray. Uh, God, I pray for this food. Amen. Okay, great. Good job. Check that off the list. Whew. Okay. All right. Um, hey, what did everybody get out of the message? Growth. Growth. Freedom. Because all of a sudden you go, well, then what, what, are the, what are some other questions you might ask? Like, hey, what are some things that might entangle us? Growth. All of a sudden, you start wrestling, right? Freedom opens up. And you may be here, and you, you know, um, the truth is that you're going to maybe, hopefully, you join a small group, but you know, you don't know them yet, right? So it's awkward, right? You come to the first one. You're not a community. You're, you don't even know each other yet. It's just weird. Everybody sits around. It's awkward, especially the dudes, right? We're like this, like, <laughs> right? Anybody want to talk? No, I don't want to talk. I'm good. Let the wife talk, you know, Right? Now, dudes, listen, I give you permission to go to the first small group, fold your arms, and don't say a word, okay? But just go, all right? All the small group leaders are like, why? (laughs) Okay, I'm giving you permission, all right? But come back next week, because listen, this is a work that God wants to do in your life. So you come back the next week and then you don't open up, right? Come on, small, small group leaders know what I'm talking about, right? Nobody opens up. Third or fourth week, finally, people start opening up, right? And then all of a sudden, something happens in your life and you feel comfortable enough to do what James 5, 16 says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And all of a sudden, you get to a place where you actually, you were just attenders, you didn't know each other, and all of a sudden, there starts to be this community and you lean over to somebody in your group and you go, you know what? I've got some issues in my life. And everybody might be shocked at first because you've been putting on a front and, you, and everybody around you thinks you're great. You come on Sunday morning, you sit in the fifth row, it's easy, you raise your hands. Nobody has a clue, but inside of you, there are things that are entangling your life. And we're not expecting you to come up on stage and tell everybody in, the, in our church, but I am asking you to get around a community of people where you might at one point get comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm struggling with some things. Would you pray for me? Do you know what's gonna happen in that moment? Freedom, 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 growth, growth, growth. Your growth curve is just gonna go on, right? You're gonna come in here next Sunday and it's just gonna feel different. Why? Because you know what? 
Confession to God and to other people brings spiritual healing for your soul. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time your soul had a moment of healing? Dude, that. Listen, we're, we are, I'm telling you, we are not about small groups to be about small groups. We're, a, we're about small groups because we want you to find freedom. I was even praying with our staff this week, and we've been talking about finding freedom for the last few weeks in our staff meeting. And I told every one of them, I said, listen, you need to be in a small group. And every one of them are. And I told them, I said, if, if the rest of our church doesn't do any small groups together, we're going to do it because we need freedom in our lives. And if you're serious about your growth and, and about freedom in your life, I think you should be serious about small groups. And listen, it's not just about the literal title of small groups. I'm just talking about biblical community where we get around other people and we start having spiritual conversations. They will help you so, so, so much. I, you know, being a pastor here, I have opportunities with our incredible church to have conversations. And, and sometimes I'll have people that will kind of pull up what I call the God card. And what I mean by the God card is what they would do is it'll come up to me and tell me what they think God wants them to do. And so just, uh, I'm not even going to give a date, but at some past in this church, I had somebody come up to me and they said, they said, hey, I think God's telling me to get a divorce. I said, really? So what do you do with that when they pull a God card, you know? So I asked them the first question. I said, well, who have you talked to about it? You know, right? Like, who have you bounced this idea of? Well, I don't know. All this person has been doing is getting in a fight with, with the other person in that relationship. That's all they've talked about. And you know what else he's done? He's Googled. Come on, let's be real. That's exactly what he does. And that's exactly what most of us do. We Google stuff. I'm, Google's not the enemy, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't Google, all right? But that, that is how he's dictating whether it's right or wrong. I said, are you in a small group? No. I said, have you read the Bible? No. Do you know what the Bible says about divorce? No. Okay, well, let's take a step back and imagine if he was in a small group. You know what would happen is that at least there would be a, a moment where, listen, I'm not saying that every person in your group is a genius. We're all very good looking, clearly, but that's about it. I can't guarantee anything else, right, church? We may not be that smart, but we are good looking, right? And, uh, but, but you get in that group, but you, and maybe they don't have all the answers, but you know what they can do is they can go, you know what, I don't know all the answers, but, I, but our first value in our church is we pray first. So you know what, let's just pray about it. And then you know what the second value is? The Bible is our authority. So you know what, let's just, let's just get clear. And maybe we'll dialogue, maybe we'll come in disagreement. So maybe we need to bring another leader in. But growth, do you get what I'm saying? Like it's growth like crazy. And if you're really serious, if you're in, if you're in um, college, I'm back in school now. If you're in college and serious about learning, you're not just gonna take tests, are you? You're gonna wrestle these thoughts with other people. And the reason why you pay a lot of money to go to school is so that you can learn to think like the professor thinks. That's why you pay them the money. And that's why you showed up to class for the collaboration of community so that you can grow on a high rate. Listen, the same thing applies within a biblical community just like our church. It's so, so important. Can we move to that Proverbs passage? Proverbs, the 15th proverb, verse 22 says this. I love this passage. Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. I think this is such a great picture of a small group because when you're wrestling life decisions, I pray that you have, you have some people around you that you can say, hey, listen, should I go to that? If you're a college student, 
Do I go on to school? Do I, do, I, do I stop with a bachelor's? Do I go get a master's? Do I get more debt? Maybe you're here, do I buy a, a bigger home? Do we move? Do we go to private school? Do we go to public school? How do I deal with conflict with my marriage? Do I, should I do this or should I do this? What is tithing all about? What about spirit? What about fasting? All these stuff, you are making these decisions whether you know it or not. My advice to you is don't do them alone because one of the other values for us is that we are better together. We're better together. And listen, if you would be a part of a small group, I'm telling you, just even by this verse, you will live with fewer regrets. You will make better choices and you will live with fewer regrets. And I don't know about you guys, but man, I need a small group in my own life. I need to find freedom in my own life. Which brings me, can we just recap really quickly? Y'all with me? Yes. Come on, you with me? <laughs> Number one is this. As Christians, we are free, but still need what? Freedom. Number two, lucky for us, Jesus came to set us free. And the third thing, we need to be retaught that freedom and growth come best in relationships. And this is why every person in here, this is why we want every person to be involved in a small group. Not just for small group's sake, but for your growth's sake, for freedom's sake. I wanna see you have the greatest year you've ever had. I wanna see you have the greatest semester you've ever had. And I'm telling you, one of the best ways that's gonna happen is through small groups. Now, I got a question for you. What would it look like if every single one of us today actually gathered in a small group this next week? Imagine with me every single person, every person in this service and past services, those that are watching online, imagine if every one of us actually said yes to this. I'm telling you, we would see, we would see growth like we've never seen before. It would be so powerful. And I don't know about you guys, but I wanna be a Christ follower that's not only free in Christ, but passionately pursuing that freedom. And I want the same for you. Will you join me? Would you stand to your feet and all across this place? And would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm asking you to do that, not, to, not for anything real spiritual. I just, I want you to take a moment to not look outside, but look inside. And in just a second, I'm gonna ask some prayer partners to come up to this front. And we would love to pray for you. Anything that you're going through today, whether you need healing in your body, you're trying to figure out direction and discernment, you, maybe you're here today and, and, and you're wanting to settle it with God. Man, he's your God. You're making God Jesus number one in your life. I don't know what it might be today, but in just a second, this team is gonna pray, is gonna play a song called Place of Freedom. We're gonna pray for you. Let me ask you a question. Every about every eye closed. What is God saying to you? I've done everything I can today to prepare for this moment, but ultimately what I want best is that God would speak to you right in your heart. What is God saying to you? Can I ask you something? Have you settled once and for all Who's the God of your life? Maybe you've been coming to church for a while, kind of in and out, but you've never really made a decision. You've never just settled it in your heart that you're gonna make Jesus, you're gonna follow him. If that's you, even right where you are, man, maybe that's what God's saying to you, saying, hey, come home. Believe in him. Trust in him, follow him. It's the greatest decision you can make today.
Just give you just another minute. What is God saying to you? Jesus, thank you that you care about everyone's freedom in this room and watching online today. You don't just care about it, but you made a way for it to be possible. And God, I am asking today that you would do a supernatural work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer partners are coming up to the front, and I ended my message early so that you could have a moment of response, and the worship team is going to lead us in a song called Place of Freedom. I encourage you to join us as we declare this would be a place of freedom.